You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros You Think Network. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and LSU is 1-0 after defeating Georgia Southern 55-3. to Game recaps are back. As always, I am joined by Josh Lemoyne. Y'all can find him on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth. Josh, how you doing tonight? I am doing good, man. Uh, you know, heck of a game yesterday. Uh, pretty excited. I know the LSU fan base is extremely excited. Um, I got a few texts from you last night that uh, <laughs> sound like you were couldn't believe it. I was texting so, you. Um, I was texting you at like twelve forty-five last night. Right. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking late last night. <laughs> I was I was laying in bed. You texted me. I'm like, man, I feel like a you know like Christmas morning. I'm like, LSU really has an offense. It's like one in the morning. I'm still you know thinking that in my head. So uh, it was good, man. All, all you know, all good thoughts. So uh, yeah, everything's yeah. good to go. And overall, an exciting weekend of college football. You know, nothing too surprising. But before we jump into LSU, just what were your some of your takeaways? Uh, you know, you, you see a Mississippi State team struggle against the UL. Ole Miss loses to Memphis. Memphis uh, Missouri and Kelly Bryant's first start uh, ends up losing that game, as well as Tennessee losing uh, to a Sunbelt opponent. It, it seemed like more bad losses than anything else to take away from SEC play this weekend. Yeah, there, there was some some ugly losses, you know, and I even had some family here this weekend and they were asking me the same thing. You know, what's going on? What do you think? It's week one. You know, I try not to get, you know, too crazy with my thoughts on week one. I usually like to give it three or four weeks. I know we're both, you know, usually agree on that kind of see let the, set, the season settle in. Um, but yeah, some some ugly games for the SEC. You know, and some of these guys find out, Charles, that it's, you know, when when you're the quarterback at Clemson or you're the quarterback at Alabama and, you know, you hop, you jump ship and go to the portal and then you're the quarterback at Missouri, it's it's not quite the same. You know, you ain't got the same guys blocking for you and stuff. So and then you really got to depend on your athletic ability and your arm. It, you know, it really it puts, it puts it out there, your talent. So uh, some of these guys find out, find out the hard way. But, um, you know, overall, I thought the SEC performed Okay, you know Georgia, um, Alabama turned it on there, uh, uh, but and LSU, I thought out of the SEC played the most complete game. Yeah, LSU. A lot of people are excited about it, especially people that watch the game. Josh, I was on the radio about half an hour ago, and I made the point that look, not many people nationally are going to be talking about LSU at the beginning of the week. You know, reaction to this week, right. you don't hear it much. But it'll start to pick up as people are forced to watch this game. Now that LSU and Texas is game day's game this week. So I think you'll get more people taking a, you know in-depth look at LSU's offense and what they did. But for us, you know, two guys that watched LSU's offense, especially that first half, that first quarter, electric as LSU scored 21 points in the first two quarters, uh, maintaining or building the lead to 42 to three, which is the largest lead at halftime for LSU since 2003. Hmm. Uh, wow. Man, look, Josh, I don't know what's more exciting, beer being available in Tiger Stadium <laughs> in the regular seats or LSU's offense finally being a spread attack. But what were your initial thoughts uh, from what you saw last night? Yeah, you know, I was more amazed. You know, when I was in shock, Charles, uh, it, it was when Joe – 
is trying to snap the ball and the referees can't get the ball down quick enough for him. And I'm just laughing, you know, I'm around some of, yeah. He was jumping. He was getting frustrated. Right. I'm around some of my family members and they're like, you know, what are you getting upset about? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, We've been waiting for this. Guys that watch LSU closely for 10 years, like the quarterback wants to snap. And even the ref, even the refs were like, this is LSU. Like, what is going on? So, but eventually the referees got used to the, the pace of the offense and uh, they were getting the ball set for those guys. And, and uh, you know, LSU was off and running. But I think I was most excited about the tempo. Like, and it wasn't just one drive tempo. It was the entire you know, game. It was up tempo. The linemen, you know, they knew the strategy. They were rotating linemen out when people got winded. That's what LSU is going to run this year. You know, we'll see where we end up at the end of the season, but I'm excited that they have fully committed to the, you know, the spread RPO system. Yes. Some exciting things and just takeaways, things that Shay Dixon pointed out last night. I retweeted what he tweeted, you know, in, in, one thing that I do want to point out before I get to the offensive stats that he pointed out was, you know, punt return. We had 52 punt return right. yards last night. We saw Derek Stingley. First one was pretty electric. And, yep. and LSU only had 99 punt return yards all of 2018 in 13 games, which it, that stat is concerning. But when you almost achieve that in one game, uh, you have to feel a little bit more confident about that. Special teams did look pretty good last night. Uh, Kate York was mm-hmm. two for two. Avery Atkins continues to boot falls out of the end zone. But talking about this offense, LSU threw the ball to 14 different guys in one game. Hmm. They did that same feat last year in all 13 games. Last year, four running backs caught a pass in 13 games. Last night, five running backs caught a pass. So it kind of tells you why we're excited because this offense isn't just one that put up 55 points against a Sunbelt team that, you know, yes, they're Sunbelt. But they went ten and three last year. They won a bowl game, and they were they they beat not only their conference champion, but you know they were a talented team that had some talent returning. Uh, and you not only saw LSU's offense play well, but the defense played really well as you know or played well as well in this game, only allowing Georgia Southern to get ninety eight total yards on offense. Um, but more about this offense, you know, it, it's exciting to see this offense. Every single possession in the first half score, uh, you saw the up-tempo. You didn't see snaps under center. Uh, yep. And you saw guys that are in the NFL from LSU say, man, I wish I was in this offense. Yeah, no, we yeah, we, we absolutely did. Yeah, that was uh, I tweeted that out today, too. Uh, I had a tweet there with Joe's numbers and stuff. And just, you know, I think back, I was excited. And then I had that moment today, uh, Charles, that I was like, man, what you know? What could have been over the last ten years if we if we had this type of offense in place? You know, you're not going to win them all, but man, I just got to. I just feel that we could have been in a lot more games there. You know, at the end of the season, but uh, just excitement, jaws all, all the way around with with that offense. And uh, like I said, it was we we have been preaching, Charles, what for you know the last last four or five shows that. You know, we expect to see a Saints-type offense. We expect, to, we expect to see screen passes. We expect to see, you know, a Sean Payton-type attack. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that we know everything, but it's we sure in the heck seem like geniuses after that game because that's exactly what they were doing. I mean, RPO spread, a lot of Saints touch to it. Uh, so it was pretty exciting, especially down there at the goal line. They ran that Saints exactly. screen there. Yeah, that screen, screen play that we've seen – 
numerous times over the years at the Saints run. I mean, that's identical. And uh, I just laughed as I seen the play developing and I, I called it. I said, oh, here it comes. They're about to run a Saints uh, a Saints play here. And uh, sure enough, touchdown, you know, to Marshall. So, uh, you know, that was just exciting to see that. I'm glad they finally committed to that style. Yeah, it, it was exciting. Look, you touched on things, and there's so many avenues to go. When you look at Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow was 85% completion rate last mm-hmm. 23 to 27. Josh, that's something we talked about last year was that, man, Joe needs to get above 60, and he struggled with that. And you, you see that – so far in this season, and we're not trying to overreact, overreact too much, but we talked about, you know, leading up to the season that Brady was upset with Burrow not getting the ball out fast enough. You saw that mm-hmm. ball get out really fast last night. That's right. And you saw Burrow go through progressions fast. He didn't yep. have to tuck it and run, uh, and he had the opportunity that he could have done it, especially against a team like Georgia Southern. He rather uses his arm. And he was very successful last night. Just talk about Joe Burrow and his performance. You know, we only really saw a, one half from Burrow, but that's all I needed to see. Yeah, no, I think, uh, Charles, you've touched on the last couple of weeks, and I know you've been calling for it for a while now, that you want to see LSU come out and put a, a first half of football together where we could see some Miles Brennan in the second half. And that's that's what we finally got, you know. Uh, but um, yeah, he was shocked. You know, there's there's no way around it. 23 for 27, 278, five touchdowns. I mean, that's that's about almost as good as it gets. Um, and we, we preached about it a couple of times on the shows here that sometimes his release is, is slower. Um, sometimes the offensive play calling just the, his release sometimes will kind of jack up the, the, the play. But uh, uh, it was obvious, Charles, they've been working on that all offseason and it showed he was getting the ball out extremely quick, you know, getting the, getting the ball in the guy's hands like we've been saying now for a while. Just get the balls in these guys' hands so they can make plays. Get it out of your hands and put these guys in space and, you know, let these guys perform. That's what they do. That's why you go recruit these athletes. So, you know, overall, I just thought Joe, you know, it, you can see he's had time in this offense now, Charles. And he's, he's the leader. It's He's a clear-cut leader. The guys listen to him. You know, you can tell him they're doing a check with me there when they, they get up to the line quick. Um, you know, he's – He's running the show. It's been quite a while since LSU's had a quarterback, I think, uh, here that with that much confidence that, you know, it's his team. So, uh, you know, it's only one week, like you said. But, uh, you know, we'll find out pretty quick here against a, a pretty good team next week uh, up there in Austin uh, to find out where LSU is, is really at. We will. You know, I think we did see a lot of things that were interesting, you know, with Joe. Some things that I really liked was Joe fit, fit the ball in some tight windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ESPN showing highlights. Uh, it, you don't see this at the game, but I saw how tight that window was to his touchdown to Jamar Chase on that yep. slant. And, you know, he fit that ball in there. Uh, another thing I liked is we saw a big reception uh, by a tight end last night. You know, <laughs> Go figure. Uh, you know, exciting <laughs> things that we've been waiting for. I mean, I mean Josh, you know, before we get into a position-by-position position or uh, a scoring breakdown – you know, LSU ran three, four, five different screens, I think, or types of screens. It wasn't just, you know, the, the casual swing out to the right. running back. We saw a wide receiver screen. We saw uh, screens in different places for wide receivers. We saw different types of running back screens. It was an exciting day of offensive football for LSU. And, and you know, it was awesome to see Thaddeus Moss get that long catch. Uh, and I really liked seeing that Jefferson to uh, – uh, Joe Burrow to Jefferson connection still be there. Look, your top three receivers were talented. But Josh, something we haven't really hit on that I kind of touched on a little 
but the defense looked really good. Glenn Logan got the start over Braden Fajoko, but Glenn played well. That starting defensive line wasn't allowing Georgia Southern to do anything. And when you're getting ready for uh, a, a team led by Ellinger in Texas that he, you know, is dangerous with his feet, they did really well against this triple option in the running aspect, the passing aspect, and stopping a talented quarterback. And you got to see Chase Hong uh, come back and, you know, man, he was taking people's heads off. Right? <laughs> he, he was nailing people. And it's something that, you know, I think people have forgotten about how good he was, that they're going to learn pretty quickly how good they are. And not only that, uh, you know, LSU had some reserves have to play in this game due to some issues. Um, and they played well as well. So it seems like this defense top to bottom is ready to go this year. Yeah, I know, Charles. Uh, it, it looked even more impressive than, you know, I, I, I thought that would be the strength of the team. You know, just being honest with you, I, I knew we'd have a pretty quality uh, team there on defense. But uh, after watching them play last night, you know, let me give a shout out to Tommy Moffitt and his his guys. I mean, it, it just looks like these guys it looks like they have been in the weight room for three years. I mean, they all they all look great. Um, the, the speed with the size is, is impressive. A um, couple guys that, that stood out to me overall was uh, Jacoby Stevens. I thought the way he played that triple option, Charles, I mean, I know you probably caught some of that, that, that he was all over that. And you can tell that he was a key to that, you know, coming into this game. Jacoby was not going to let them guys get around the corner on him. And he made it a point. He played that triple option so good last night uh, in a lot of plays. So, you know, shout out to him. A Clark at linebacker. What can I say? You know, we've heard his name a lot. Uh, people have been preaching how much of a freak athlete he is, and he's he's coming on. And Demon Clark, I mean, you talk about come on, Charles. I like to get your thoughts on him real quick, but he looks like a Devin White, but two or three inches taller. And you know, even White said he he's just as good as me. So uh, it, I seen it last night, and I was extremely impressed. He's you know just how athletic he is for his size. What what were your thoughts on Clark? I thought Clark, uh, you know, lived up to the bill that Coach yeah. O had been praising mm-hmm. him for the past week. I, I think Coach O knew that he wasn't going to be playing Divinity this week. Um, so, you know, if something happens to Divinity and Clark has to play, or you know, if maybe you put Clark in for another guy on that linebacking court, you have to be comfortable with what he brings. You know. Yeah. No. I I think uh, you know, and maybe you hear it here first. But I think what what Clark gave you last night, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Charles, if we see. Divinity shift to the edge a little more than what they kind of planned on. So you had that kind of chase on Divinity look. And if Clark looks that good in the middle, I mean, and he's that talented, I think, you know, I know, I know he's been practicing there. Mike's been practicing there at that middle linebacker position. Uh, but, you know, if, if Clark is just that good and you keep him on the field, you know, you heard, oh, he, he's going to get him out there and he's going to let him play. So um, I expect to see, see him on the field uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I expect to see a lot of rotation. Yeah. I mean, even linebackers, you can see rotation. I don't think you see that as much at cornerback. I don't think you see Grant Delphin really rotating either. But like no, the offense, no. you know, you get playmakers in positions to make plays. Yeah. These guys are making plays. Uh, something important that I, I do want to address before we get into uh, our, our scoring breakdown is just offensive line, Josh. It's first time LSU hasn't given up a sack since that Troy loss a few years ago. Yeah, no, it, it looked good, you know, and I think a lot today. I've seen some people talking about it today, and I don't want to, you know, it's 
say the same thing everybody else said. But, you know, when you run an up-tempo offense like that, you don't give those edge guys much time, much time to get to the, you know, to the passer. So, you know, and they wear out quick. You're, you've seen it, Charles, by, the, by you know, let's say uh, end of the first, early second, that the guys on defense were winded. Joe is back there you know, four or five, six seconds, really, you know, picking what he wants to do with the ball. Those guys were, wore out from that, you know, up-tempo offense. Uh, and I thought LSU had a good plan of attack. Charles, I, I was interested to see that Coach O and them, them boys weren't scared to rotate offense alignment as our guys got a little winded because this was new to a lot of these linemen. I thought that was interesting that you seen them rotate in the offense line. Um, you know, something O realizes that, hey, my guys aren't quite in game shape to run this you know, old school Oregon up tempo. So, uh, you know, LSU made some adjustments. Yeah, it, just overall, you know, we talk about special teams, defense, and offense. It, it was an awesome night. It was probably, like I said, you know, one of the best openers I've ever seen for LSU last night. Uh, and it's been a while since we've seen an LSU offense or just a team that dominate a team that they should dominate, right? And, and a yep. team that, you know, you look at last year, I think Clemson only beat them 38-7. to So, you know, it, it's a team that is talented on defense, had some talent on offense, and played, you know, an attack that you're not used to seeing. But, Josh, let's get into the scoring breakdown. Uh, you know, LSU very quick to score, six plays, 75 yards, <clears throat> 24 off the clock, uh, and LSU goes up 7-0 after getting the – uh, getting the ball first and to start the game on a touchdown pass. Jamar Chase talked about that tight window, but man, Jamar Chase is going to be a star in this offense. Yeah, and we had talked about it a few weeks, uh, you know, the last few weeks that we thought he was going to be kind of that X factor type guy. I, I mentioned the name Percy Harvin a couple of times when he ran at Florida. Just kind of that guy that you can put in different roles, right? You know, um, have him in motion, have him in a backfield, you know, just a traditional slot guy, outside guy. He's just that he's, he's got that capability and that talent. So you seen last night, it was on display. Uh, so, you know, I know Chase was excited, you know, to, to be able to play. This is the type of offense I know when he was recruited to LSU that he expected to expected to be in. So, uh, you know, it was, it was great to see, see his abilities on the field. Well, LSU defense turns it on in their first possession of the season as they force a three and out. LSU gets the ball once again, scores quick, six plays, 34 yards, 213 off the clock after mm-hmm. a good return by Derek Stingley Jr. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets his first touchdown of the year. Not only with Clyde Josh, but you saw all the running backs last night. What were just some of your takeaways? Especially, man, Johnny Emery may have broken. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, overall, what I was uh, I was happy with Clyde. I thought Clyde, to me, you know, let everybody know that, hey, I know I got some five-star guys that were highly ranked right behind me, but I'm, I'm not going anywhere, you know? And, you know, and he, I thought he ran hard. He had a five-yard average, and I think Clyde's going to kind of be that Mark Ingram um, that, you know, how the Saints use Mark Ingram all them years, that he, he might not be flashy all the time, but when at the end of the game, you know, he's got a four and a half yard, five yard average, and you know, he's he's doing his thing. I think that it's important for us to have that type of running back in this offense. So if we need it, that you know, we have it. Um, but overall, Charles, I thought we've seen some flashes of what I, you know, we we've been wanting to see from some of these young guys. Emery, yeah, I, I think it, you know, the gentleman's ankles are still on Tiger Stadium there somewhere, but uh, and uh. <laughs> 
Tyron Davis there. Uh, I, I like what I saw from him. I, I thought we've seen a little bit, um, a couple of his carry shawls, and maybe you can comment on this a little bit. Um, I don't know if you know his first couple of carries. I think it was, okay, I'm in college. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, these guys are a little bit faster. And, you know, it happens. These guys are young. But after he kind of got hit a couple of times, I noticed his last couple of runs, he put his head down and said, okay, let's go to work. So, you know, and that, that's what Owen's trying to do, get these guys some reps. So against Texas, if they actually need them, then, you know, their eyes aren't too big. You know, something I do want to talk about with the running backs, Josh, and I agree with what you said about Ty. Um and especially, man, Clyde. Clyde, this offense, it's like mm. he's fit for it. He know? is. Yep, it, that's right. Uh, but, you know, with the running backs, you saw rotation on drives. You know, mm. you, you saw running backs get uh, chances in that first half on drives. My question is when you get to that Texas game, is how are they going to rotate running backs? You know, I would like to see situational. You know, I, maybe I don't want to see Clyde on, you know, first, second, third down. I want to see an Emory on a first. Right. Right. And then maybe or, or a Ty Davis on a first, Emory on a second, and then Clyde on a third down. Um, you know, I'm really interested to see how these guys do in pass protection. That was something I watched a lot last night. They seemed like they were the young guys did really well in that. But um, man, you know, Emory breaking that guy's ankles is what he lives up to. You know, it's an yeah. excitement we had around him. But you know, the thing about that, yes, he juked a guy. But the thing that excited me was. There was a linebacker safety that had a really good line at him, the second mm. guy that you know that was coming up to him, and he just turned a gear on and sped yeah. right past him. You know, and, and that's something that we saw in that video from practice that got leaked, right? Yeah. And that yeah. I, I expect to see, but you know, it, it's exciting. You saw Clyde run a little wildcat. Uh, you know, not sure if they actually run that. Not sure if I want them to run that. But, hey, it's on tape. So Texas is going to have to prepare for it, you know. So Yeah, you know, Charles. No, go ahead. Uh, it's just another wrinkle is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, and I, I was glad that you brought that up that um, I was asked that last night. I didn't know we were going to run, run some Wildcat. Um, and I said, you know, a lot of that is just to put stuff on tape. Remember who we're playing next. You know, just exactly what you said. I said, they – some of this is – strategy right it, it, it's a chess match so they're going to put some things out there they're going to show a few wrinkles um just so texas has to think about it and also you know that i guarantee lsu only showed 40 percent of what's in the playbook you know what i mean they kept it pretty vanilla spread um you know nothing you too crazy uh you're more of a, a scrimmage type stuff but uh yeah you know the 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 use of i like what you mentioned there and, and i i agree with you that um, if Emory is, you know, he shows that he can catch the ball well out the backfield, you know, uh, especially on them sh- short passes. You've seen a lot of them, Joe, you know, on those on those little small passes. Boy, would it be nice to have Emory catching those balls and maybe, you know, turning those turning those eight, eight, nine yard, you know, runs from uh, from Clyde. Maybe, you know, Emory can break one of those. So, you know, that's that's going to be going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it should be an exciting thing to watch with the running back play and how they end up using them this year. But look, like you said, with tape, you know, if you're a Texas defensive coach, an analyst, Josh, what do you watch? I mean, you know, we've all been talking about a Saints looking offense. And then you see plays that the Saints ran last year. Right. LSU ran last night. And, you know, we talked about it. I think it might have been the spring game preview. But, you know, looking at what the Saints do. Uh, Nick Underhill, formerly the advocate, broke him down, watched every single play, and jotted down the same formation, same play. And it was like three or four of the same exact play in a 16-game season, not including the playoffs. 
So are you breaking that down that much film, or are you kind of just looking at that first game and trying to take something away from that? If you're a Texas defensive coach, what do you do here? Yeah, no, I, I think you have to absolutely look at the game, right? I mean, you look at this Georgia Southern game. But, you know, Texas has got all the means and the money and the talent to go out there and, and look around. I think Joe Brady, you know, he, he came from the Saints. I, I absolutely believe Texas has probably been studying a lot of what the Saints do, at, at least in a formation standpoint. And, you know, what's with LSU, especially after watching uh, Georgia Southern game. I, you know, I, th- I know Tom Herman as, as a coach, that he, he's a smart guy. He's going, OK, guys, we, we need to we need to get some more saints film let's turn on the film let's kind of see what they do on offense and let's try to prepare for that because really at the end of the day charles you made made a good point they only put one this is only one game of film this is the first time lsu's ever ran this it's not like you can go back three or four years and watch lsu film this is it you got you got one game so that's that's good as far as lsu standpoint goes yeah and you saw you know burrow kind of laugh about it yeah right yeah if it's on tape, you know. Right. But you know, the interesting thing you talk about is you look for leg ups in these matchup mm. matchups, and, and you know LSU coming in as a favorite right now over a uh, Texas uh, at UT, which you know that line four and a half to three to four. I've seen it, you know, kind of bounce around a little today. You expected this offense to have the same success LSU to cover, but here's a huge leg up LSU has is Joe Brady you know, came on after the same season started. O talked about when LSU started breaking down film for the analysts, and it was, you know, February when they started breaking down film for Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. You know, I expect LSU to have a lot of film and a lot of uh, tendencies that Texas runs and Tom Herman runs with this offense. Man, I, I don't think Texas had the adequate amount of time to do the same thing. And with one week, how much film can you break down in one week to have a good idea? LSU's got multiple seasons, and they know what Texas is bringing to the game. Yeah, no, Charles, you're you know you're spot on with that with that you know, but they will they'll 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 find some film they'll they'll dig it up and they'll they'll do their best to, especially after last night LSU show, kind of showed what, what they're going to run. Uh, but look, Tom Herman's been around for a while now. We've seen what he did at Houston, you know, he's and he's done you know very well. You know, he's done very well well with his offense. So uh, you know, LSU can go go back quite a ways, even to Ohio State time when he was there with Urban and stuff. So, uh, you know, we LSU kind of knows what to expect from him, and uh, they should be uh, well-prepared for it. Well, let's get back into it. LSU closes the half or the first quarter off with a 10-play, 52-yard drive that only took three minutes and 52 seconds. As LSU finds his favorite – or Joe Burrow finds his favorite target in Justin Jefferson on a nine-yard fade. Man, that Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow – connection i think it's going to be alive and well and better uh than it had been last year which is a lot to say i uh, saw a lot of justin in the slot man I, I i think that's a perfect spot for him but even on the outside i think jeff uh jefferson and burrow are still going to be finding each other throughout the year uh, how important is it for him to have that kind of a safety net in justin yeah charles what i noticed about them too it's like you said a safety net it's just it looks fluid, you know, even on that fade route, it just looks like, you know, they've probably, they've probably thrown that what 10,000 times. And it just looked like from the, from the snap, you know, I said, here it comes, you can see the fade coming and, and it was just money, you know? So I think he knows Joe knows 
that he's got Justin out there. That's going to be his guy. It's going to be his Larry Fitzgerald. If he needs it, he knows it. he can go to it. Uh, but also he has to grow some of these young guys and Terrence Marshall using some of these big talented wide receivers. Uh, so, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of weapons there. He's have to keep happy, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for it. Well, LSU starts off the second quarter five play, uh, drive 26 yards, two minutes, two seconds off the clock as Joe Burrow finds Terrence Marshall, a guy we didn't see a whole lot of last year, but, uh, I expect a big year from Terrence. Yeah. No, you, uh, Charles, a lot of people forget, you know, Terrence was hurt in, in high school. Um, you know, last year he, he was coming on. You heard a lot of, you know, oh, and a lot of guys talk about it and rave about him. But look, we all know, Charles, that when you have a, you know, a bad knee injury, leg injury like that, you know, you do see guys come back a year later and be comfortable. But when you're more at the skill position, a lot of times, you know, in, in my opinion, that it's almost that. <laughs> The second year is when you see guys really come, kind of come back into their own. They're comfortable cutting, breaking, going up in the air, you know, with the ball skills. So, and Marshall last night, he looked extremely comfortable. Like there was no such thing. Last year, it's at times you can tell, like, man, it was in the back of his mind, you know, that uh, I'm still nursing that injury. But he didn't see any of that last night. He was attacking the football, he was where he needed to be. So, Man, we forget, you know, some of these recruiting, you know, websites had him as the number one wide receiver in the country, you know, five-star kid. So that's a weapon there that we absolutely need to take advantage of. Well, Joe Burrow finds Marshall again as LSU goes up 35-0 on a four-play, 25-yard drive, a minute 19 off the clock. Man, if you're a defensive coach, Josh, I don't know where you look to take away an advantage, you know. Uh, you've got you, you ran a lot of three, four wide, and then the running backs going out for a pass too, not staying yeah. uh, staying back for protection. And, you know, if they can have that success throughout the year, and the offensive line does a really good job in pass blocking, and, and like you said earlier, you don't have to do that as much whenever you're getting the ball out so fast and running right. up tempo spread. But uh, it's just going to be hard for defenses to decide what guy to take away in this offense. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I, I absolutely, Charles. Uh, it was just, it was just good to see LSU actually use all all the weapons, use use the guys like I, I said earlier in the show that we recruited for. Uh, just the efficiency that Joe Joe did it, and it was impressive. You know what I mean? I, I guess it's just sometimes I'm speechless with it because as I'm watching a game, I just, man, I just, I never thought I'd see LSU get to this point and actually commit to it and use these athletes, these wide receivers, these guys that we've been, been screaming, you know, to the high heavens for put these guys in positions to make plays. And man, it was just great to see these young men, get that opportunity even like you said Thaddeus Moss some of the guys that we know in the last couple of years would have never seen a ball thrown to him there's Moss catching a big you know a, a big toss down down the sideline yeah and you know leading up to that LSU had already gotten a fumble in the possession before uh Georgia Southern fumbles again which is why LSU had that short field to yeah. work with but you talk about a team that was the number one team in turnover margin last year and LSU doesn't turn the ball over. They force to, I think, you know, I hate continuing going back to this comparison, but man, with the Saints, their defense is, is looking to create turnovers. 
to let their offense get more chances at you know and running plays and scoring it seems very similar here as well you know no yeah uh charles i don't know if 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 you caught it as well not just the turnovers but but did you catch coach o calling timeouts so you know we, we saving that time so I, I, we could I'm run getting there i'm getting there <laughs> okay okay i was because i was i was like what does he do oh you know what he, i know what he's doing i was like you know so yeah, sorry about that, Ben. You were saving that one. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting there. But, but LSU's up 35-0. Uh, just a touch on the defense. Georgia Southern does get a field goal, make it 35-3. Josh, it seemed like that first unit off a uh, defensive line was really good. And then you know they rotate, and that second string didn't have as as much success. Uh, although they played well seemed like Georgia Southern was able to, you know, capitalize a little bit more. But overall, the defense, man, did a, did a great job against this triple option. Yeah, you, you know, we talked about a little bit uh, earlier in the show that I thought, you know, Jacoby Stevens, when you really break down the film, he ended up with seven tackles. Let's see, a three solo, uh, half a tackle for loss. But when you look at the assignment football, because that was something that you brought up, Charles, in this week, and I, I was talking about – playing with high energy, you know, and, and you talked about assignment. I think we've seen both last night. I was hoping to, to, to see one, but I think, Charles, we've seen high energy. We've seen assignment football. I want, you know, I thought Jacoby really played the triple option away. He didn't always make the tackle, but he forced these guys to make a decision and let Clark clean it up. Jacob Phillips clean it up. You know, uh, Chase on – not only cleaned it up, I mean, he was sending guys to the, to the damn hospital last night. So, I mean, he was – and he physically just looks ridiculous. You know, I had a couple scouts last night. I mentioned this to you, Charles. I think texted you that a couple of scouts, you know, texted me about Clark and Chase on. Like, where are, you, where are you getting these guys from, you know? So, I said, I know a shout-out to Tommy Moffat to getting these guys ready to go, looking like NFL guys out there. But uh, got to be excited, right, Charles? I think they – overall, they, they look great. I thought the guys on the line played the front seven. The starters played well. Uh, on the back end, we didn't we didn't talk much about Fulton or Stingley Charles, but, but you know that's, that's good, good, right? Yeah. You don't. Yes, we didn't hear nothing about them, and that, that's exactly what I want to hear. You know what I mean? So um, those guys played lockdown football last night. Yeah, if if you know you hear Stingley getting mentioned, uh, and it's because of his punt return coverage, and that's all you mm-hmm. hear, that's a good thing. You know, yeah. unless he's making an interception, because you don't want to hear his name. Because if you do, that means they're having success against him, which yeah. I don't see many teams having this year. But Josh, here's the one issue I found with the offense, uh, and something that I could see being a problem. And you know, a game where LSU faces a good defense mm-hmm. that is able to have some success against them. The one drive LSU was not able to convert a first down on uh, came after the field goal at Georgia Southern when they were on the field for four minutes forty five seconds. LSU only takes a minute eight off the clock and three plays, and they they're forced to punt. Well, just if that is something that happens a lot this year, could that be concerning? Yeah, you know that's something I Coach O had mentioned that um, he mentioned that in one of his uh, his talks or his conference is that he uh, you got to be careful with how how fast and up tempo you run this. You know, if you do three, you know, a lot of three and outs, you're going to win your defense. So there is strategy. I mentioned this uh, a lot that it's a chess match sometimes. So there's strategies to running this up-tempo offense as well. Uh, 
even if you don't score all the time, you want to get first down. Sometimes that's that's the key to it is continuing just to keep the ball in your possession to give give the defense time to get a get a breather, um, get a few first downs. So I, it's I don't think against a, a school like this, Charles, it's not necessarily as a, a big of a problem. But you're absolutely correct against a Bama, against a Georgia, something like that. They will capitalize on you. Well, it will be something to watch against some of these better teams. Yeah. LSU uh, clock is running down. Force a punt, three plays, uh, three and out for Georgia Southern. They get the ball. LSU calls a timeout, like you mentioned, and then LSU goes down five plays, 80 yards, a minute 24, and they score another touchdown and another pass to uh, Terrence Marshall. But in that drive was that huge pass to Thaddeus Moss yeah. like, in a 44. Man, uh that, that's just a mismatch. It's going to be something that Innsminger and Brady are going to be looking to do all year is find matchups where they can win. And that was one where Thaddeus Moss had an advantage. Burrow puts a good pass into him, and LSU moves down the field. And, and Josh, when I saw that pass, it was like, I've seen enough. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to go. It, it, let me beat the traffic because I'm ready to go, you know? <laughs> oh, I said, I said, I know Charles right now is just speechless. Like, what is going on? Yep, yep. Uh, go ahead. LSU goes into the half up 42-3. Like I said, biggest lead they've had at halftime since 2003. And really, you know, just with that first team, it's all the action you really saw from them, and then you kind of got to bring some uh, backups in. But like we've been harping on it, it's just really exciting to see what we saw from the offense, the defense, and special teams. And we finally got to see Miles Brennan, who looked pretty good in some action last night. Yeah, I, I was uh, curious to see what, what your thoughts were on this. Look, I want to say something about Miles Brennan, and um, I thought he he had I thought he looked good in certain spots, but also Charles, uh, you know, I just want to keep it straight. I think I think there's some times there is why Miles still hasn't really taken over the. You know, I don't. It's just that. And, times that we wonder where's miles you know he's been here for so long you know we thought he was really challenged for the job you see the release you see the arm strength i mean he spins it better than joe his release is quicker than joe but sometimes there's a couple throws there that it's just you gotta make you have to make it when you're starting quarterback at lsu you can't throw it into the ground and i think that's what frustrates coach o sometimes with miles he, he won't ever say that in, in public um, when, you know, he's talking to the media or whatever, but you can see sometimes he wants to say that. But, uh, man, when he's on, Charles, he's on, and he throws a beautiful ball. Well, you know, yeah, he does throw a good ball. He was 7 or 12 last night for yep. 72 yards. Uh, you know, he did lead LSU on some good drives. He did. score a touchdown as well. But, you know, you, you also have to think about second-string offensive yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, He didn't have the starting receivers in. Right. He's working with some younger backs. So I think the whole unit was growing together as a whole. Yep. I do think Miles Brennan is is probably going to end up being your starter next year, unless Peter Parrish, one of the new guys, can come in and really wow. Uh, but this coaching staff, like the Moan Clark, has really been talking high about Miles Brennan. Yep. Look, you have two different mindsets and types of guys that are coming in. Burrow, a coach's son, you see that, you know, Miles. Miles, I, I don't know if the mental aspect of the college game is there yet, but I think that will come from experience. And if LSU can play like they did against Georgia Southern throughout the year, I expect to see a lot of Miles Brennan at the end of games. Yeah, no, he's going to get, he's going to, he should be able to 
get the snaps, Charles, right? I think Coach O is going to get a good sense going into next year if he, you know, if if Miles is we're really going to have a shot with this with this young man, you know. Uh, I think he'll get the playing time, like you're saying. I think one thing we got to keep an eye on, you know, and I hate to be the miles, the miles hater because it's you don't, you don't, you know, as LSU fans, we'll jump. Yeah, they'll they'll jump on all over you. Um, with the RPO, I, watching Miles at times try to run the, you know, the draw or whatever, and he's going to take off and run. Uh, um, and he he tried that a couple times that. We're going to have to work on them feet, Charles. I mean, what you run in a 5-5 five, five flat right now? I mean, we're going to have to do a little something right there with that because, you, you know, ain't no defense is going to respect that. They respect Joe. They know he'll run right by him. So that's just little things you got to work on. And you said it, that they're all growing together. But in the offseason, look, if that's something that he needs to improve on, his footwork, you know, getting a little quicker there, you know. So, yeah, you know, that's those things. But that's, that, that's for next year. Hey, Miles Brennan did have the uh, the longest carry of the night last night for the quarterbacks. Uh, he rushed for four yards on one of his oh, carries. Uh, nice. He did end up with one more yard than Burrow. But you didn't see Burrow run, which is a good thing. No, no. We don't want to see Burrow get injured in a game like this and a game where he doesn't need a run. So, look, Josh, I think, like I said, it was an overall exciting game. The backups got in. They got some experience, which is good because you don't want <clears throat> you don't want Miles Brennan coming in to the Alabama game and not have having any in-game action oh, yeah. at all this Absolutely. year. So, I mean, maybe even Peter Parrish will get some action this year if LSU can continue to play like this. Play, you know, correct with their competition. They didn't play down to their competition like we've seen in years past. But we do have a slew of questions. We won't really be previewing the Texas matchup as that will be coming out later this week as we will be joined by Taylor Estes. Uh, she is the managing editor for Horns 247, the 247 affiliate that covers Texas football. So that will be coming out later, and you'll hear from Josh as well in our preview of that matchup. But, Josh, let's get into some questions uh, that we had our, uh, some of our followers send in as we uh, asked for some questions to look at last night's game. Uh, first one is from Brandon asking, how would you rate LSU's preparation relative to getting offense, defense, special teams on and off the field? All players looked like they knew their role. Impressive, but I'd like your input, Josh. Um, I, I, Charles, I think you just talked about it. I think they didn't play down play down to the competition. That's been a problem at LSU since the, the Miles uh, era. I thought we, for some reason, would play down to our competition against these schools. And I think that the guys came out prepared. They didn't care who was on the other side of the field. You know, you know what color the uniform was. They were going to go out and and show the world uh, that they were going to run this new offense, and the defense is going to be typical LSU defense, and we're going to do our own thing, and Georgia Southern is going to have to keep up with us. I thought that's probably the most impressive thing to me overall was that aspect. I thought Coach O had his team um, prepared to play this game, and you know Georgia Southern was going to have to hang with LSU. Yeah, I agree with you there. They they were prepared. Coaching staff, uh, I you know, top to bottom, yep. analyst included, is is really good. Coach has done a really good job, and they did a good job getting this team ready. Not only in terms of game plan, but you know, like the question was, is getting guys on and off the field. And Tommy yep. Moffat, like you said, has it has his team prepared to play. Uh, next question comes from Tommy. He asks. With Ty Davis and John Emery both getting carries last night, do you see both of them being in the rotation for backs, or will one of them get redshirted? Josh, I, I, I'll let you go a, a second on this one because I, yeah. I don't think 
either get redshirted. Uh, you saw both guys. Uh, Emory gets six carries. Ty Davis gets five. And both caught the ball. Uh, Emory had that that catch. I, I think Emory probably ends up leading uh, this backfield by the end of the season. He's just that talented. But uh, Ty Davis showed he can catch the ball out of the backfield last night. So, I, you know, Josh, I see both of these guys having a lot of, um, of ro- a role in this offense. No, I think absolutely, Charles. You're exactly, you know, exactly right. I, I think both of these, both of these guys are going to be a, a, you know, by week six or seven, a main part of what we do on this offense. That's how what O told him when he was recruiting these guys, and and that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, keep an eye. Let's as throwing a <laughs> recruiting bit in here. Um, not this year's class, but you know, 2021, we're going to recruit heavy at the running back position. With that being said, the reason is we're not redshirting either one of them. They're both going to play a lot. Oh, expects them to play a lot. And, you know, he only expects those guys to be here for three years. Let's be honest. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if they had a running back to this class, too, as you'll lose a guy like Clyde uh, and Leonard Fournette after this year. So he'll only be down to three running backs. So wouldn't be surprised if they add another guy. Um, next question comes from Jason. And he said, trying to gauge my level of excitement with this year's LSU team. First, are we that good or was GSU that bad? And he said, because, man, we looked good last night. Josh, I think this GSU team that I mean, we talked about it, it was a talented team. Uh, we looked that good. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be the, you know, the traditional a little bit of both guy. And I don't think that's it. I think that it's it's we look that good, I think. as But, I, you know, I, I caught a little slack in some of the things, I, the content I pushed out today. Uh it, oh, it's Georgia Southern. It's you know, it's just Georgia Southern. But I think oh, you got to look at it and hold uh, Charles as it's more about the offensive mindset and the way that they'll play calling and just the change of scheme is what should you should be excited about. It's they're not going to go back to the toss dive after watching to see what uh, happened last night. They've been practicing the spread for a long time. You can tell they're not going to go back to a toss dive so many LSU fans have so much PTSD from the toss toss dive I feel bad but you know that's we're not going back to the toss dive we got guys we're fully committed to the spread (laughs) yeah and and it's something that we're going to be watching game game to game I think I remember one or two under center snaps but this is really right nice not to see those Uh, but you know this GSU team is has talent on it you know, expect GSU to have a good season this year. Um, they may not have as good of a season last year, but I still think them, that they will have a good season. And like you said, look, watch just watch the first half. This game will be replaying all week. You yeah. know, everyone will be talking about it because game day is going to be at Texas. That's all you need to see. Yes, if you look at the box score, which a lot of people will do and say, oh, it's Georgia Southern. But no, you have to watch the first half to really get an understanding of why the level of excitement is so high coming from us. Because look, you know, if LSU had been running a spread for years and we were used to this and, you know, LSU didn't play down to competition like they have been the past 15 years, then I would say, you know, it, yeah, Josh, you know, it's Georgia Southern, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a new look at everything for us right now. So that's why the level of excitement is high. No, look, let me say this. We scored 55 and – I think with a LSU team in the past, Charles, that if we would have got the, you know, 45 or so, even though we, you know, we completely were the better team, I think sometimes, like you said, we play down to a competition. 
I honestly believe if LSU wanted to score 75 last night, they could have done it. You know, that's that's where it's different. The philosophy is completely different. They have an offensive mindset that we're going to come out here and score, and you, you're you going to have to stop us. And if you don't, well, we're going to run the score up. So uh, We had a question asking where was Miss Kelly. Not really sure exactly what you were asking. I'm guessing Ogeron, but uh... – I didn't see her. I also wasn't watching the game on TV. Josh, did you see her last night? I did. I, I did not. And you know, may, they may have you know showed her or whatever. But uh, and I, maybe that they're referring to Charles is usually at the end of the game. I know usually Coach O's down there with his wife. Um, they sometimes he'll do his media stints with the wife, and they'll they'll sing the fight song and you know the, the school alma mater and all that uh, down there in the field. I did not see her, so I don't know what was going on. It just might have been a. You know, and I know people are concerned. Because I know some of her health reasons, so that's probably why the question was asked. But no, I, I'm I'm not sure why she wasn't there last night. And the last question comes from Zach asking an injury question, which Josh, no injuries last night, which was great. But he's asking kind of about Cardell. If you have any information about it, uh, all I can say is that we do know that uh, Owis said he's going to be taking a red shirt, and that you know his season is probably uh, done, if not, you know, the majority of it is. Yeah, without getting into too much of, you know, uh, personal information, um, you know, that's that's something I want to comment on. But um, just also I will say this about a redshirt year. Remember, the rule has changed. You get four games. You can play in, uh, I think, Charles Ray, four games, if I'm not mistaken, um, and still be redshirted. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, the From the, a couple of the sources that I heard that the injury was not as bad as originally thought. Um, not saying that Cardinal is going to be back and playing by week six, but – I do think uh, LSU was fortunate um, in that the injury, uh, you know, shouldn't keep Cardell out as long as most people expected. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, like Josh said, you know, I'm not really expecting uh, to see much of Cardell, but, you know, I think that the only way that we're really going to see much of Cardell is if there was an injury on that offensive line because I think you have two really good guards. Uh, Damian Lewis is probably your best offensive lineman. Uh, at LSU and Chase and Hines had a really good freshman year and it looked good again last night. So look, there's a lot of excitement surrounding this team, Josh. I, I'm ready to see this defense with Michael Divinity. I'm ready to see Sadiq Charles play. You know, I'm ready to see the full lineup out there. I'm ready for this Texas game. I know you are as well. Uh, but before we get out of here, where can people find you at on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on LSU Football Truth uh, on, on Twitter. I'm continuously pushing out content to season this kick off so you know i'm always pushing out different different items videos uh stats content also um check out the website lsu uh footballtruth.com i have to be getting a couple things out i got a couple interviews lined up this week with some recruits so uh just keep an eye out for that yeah the 2021 season uh 2021 class has already started as coaches started making calls uh saw lsu already picked up a, yep. a commit so uh, they're winning battles in Texas before the game is even kicked off as they got a safety commit from a kid from Houston. But recruiting season is in full swing as always. Football season is back. Make sure you all keep it locked on with the primetime podcast as Josh and I will have you all covered all football season. You all can follow us on Twitter at primetime underscore pod. Rate, review, subscribe us on wherever you get this podcast if you haven't done so already we appreciate it but for josh samoyne my name is charles reese y'all have a great week make sure y'all check out our game preview for texas coming out this week and as always god bless